All right, I'm back. It's been a long time, but it's good to be with you once again. This show is all about my Corona, the COVID-19, a.k.a. the Wuhan flu. And on this show, I'm going to try very hard to have no editorializing. I want to give you just facts. If you want to connect dots, if you want to spin tales from the facts that I give, that's fine. We're, we're missing a lot of things with this COVID-19 case, the Wuhan flu. We've got hysteria on one end. We've got hardcore libertarian, you know, let it run through us, damn, damn this flu. On the other end, we've got a media that we know has lied about a lot of things in the last few years and clearly has a narrative disseminating strange facts. Then we've got Trump aligning with the media and some governors and and people. It's it's a very confusing time. It almost became the norm when when one side was saying one thing and the other was saying another, and we would we would try to find weave in the truth in the middle. Now we're getting bombarded on all sides, and we're left to our own devices. We have to research ourselves, whittle down the data, the facts, try to figure out exactly what is going on, because this is a very confusing time. All right, so enjoy the show. I hope you like it. Click subscribe, share, do all of that. Let's get through this thing together. One of the most beautiful sentiments I've seen in the last couple of years uh, to come out of any movement is the QAnon movement and the sentiment, where we go one, we go all. I just love that sentiment. Regardless of what you think of the QAnon movement and, and if you're a fan of Trump or not, that's a really nice sentiment. And I think right now in this time, uh, we all need a little bit more of that. All right, here we go with the show. Mainstream media is dominated by the right and the left. The majority in the middle are left without a voice. You've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Frat, the Conservative Hippie. I'm not going to tell you a story. I have collected a series of facts. The story is up to you. But the facts involve spies, global government ambitions, greed, and science. Let's start with a quote. Chinese Defense Minister General Qi Hoshin 20 years ago. We are not as foolish as to want to perish together with America by using nuclear weapons. Only by using non-destructive weapons that can kill many people will we be able to reserve America for ourselves. Of course, we have not been idle. In the past years, we have seized the opportunity to master weapons of this kind. In the long run, the relationship of China and the United States is one of a life and death struggle. We must not forget that the history of our civilization repeatedly has taught us that one mountain does not allow two tigers to live together. Interesting fact. Did you know that a team of Chinese scientists 
were escorted from the National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg, Ontario in July of 2019? The why is shrouded in secrecy, but let's learn more about these people and the lab. Zhang-Gu Kui, her husband, and her students were forcibly removed from the workplace for what is only being described as a possible policy breach by the Public Health Agency of Canada. Kui and her husband worked at the only certified level four microbiology lab in Canada. What is a certified level four microbiology lab? Well, it's a place where scientists experiment and work on the most deadly pathogens on the planet. But more about these types of labs later. You see, Kui didn't just work at the Winnipeg lab. She also traveled to China frequently to train scientists at the country's only level four lab, which opened in 2017. You will never guess where this Chinese level four microbiology lab is located. Oh, you guessed it, Wuhan, China. Kui traveled to the Wuhan National Biosafety Laboratory twice a year for two weeks at a time to assist with the facility, all while being paid and employed by the Canadian government. Kui was never searched before leaving Canada's National Microbiology Laboratory on her numerous consultative trips to the Wuhan Level 4 lab. You see, Kui was the head of the Vaccine Development and Antiviral Therapies section in the Special Pathogens Program at the Canadian lab. That's officially named scary shit right there. Only a few months before the Royal Mounted Police removed the scientists, somehow exceptionally virulent viruses made their way to the Wuhan laboratory. Now, this is where I'm going to take a pause once again to remind you, I'm only going to present a bunch of facts that I have gathered. You can research on your own and read speculation. I'm not going to editorialize in this podcast. Just deliver some interesting facts. All right, let's move on. Let's take a little closer look at these laboratories that research and tinker with the most deadly infectious diseases. This recent scandal at the Canadian lab isn't their first. In 2009, the FBI arrested Conan Michael Yao when he crossed over the U.S. border with 22 vials of biological material. No big deal, just genes from the deadly Ebola virus. You see, Yao was starting a new job at the National Institutes of Health at the Biodefense Research Laboratory in Maryland. And he didn't want to start his projects from scratch. But here's the kicker. The National Microbiology Laboratory in Winnipeg didn't even know the property was missing. The Royal Mounted Police had to contact the facility to let them know. 
It's okay though. The lab had a signed form that the scientist wouldn't steal anything. Uh, you betcha. Take off, you hoser, eh? Let's introduce you to the senior scientist and principal investigator of Wuhan National Biosafety Laboratory. Her name is Zhenli Shi. She has won all kinds of awards and prizes for her various virological papers. She's given talks all over the world. Titles of her speeches and some quotes include Risk Assessment of Bat Coronavirus Spillover and Prevention Strategy, 2018. Genetic Evolution and Interspecies Infection of Bat SARS-like Coronavirus, 2017. SARS coronavirus may have originated from frequent recombination events between SARS-related coronaviruses in a single horseshoe bat habitat, 2017. Okay, enough with the Wuhan Level 4 lab for now. Did you know that the United States has at least four Level 4 biological laboratories located in the U.S.? Remember Dr. Kui, the Chinese virologist that was escorted out of the Canadian lab with her husband and team of Chinese students? Dr. Kui also consulted with the United States Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases at Fort Detrick in Frederick, Maryland. Yes, a level four lab. This lab is described as a United States Army Medical Command installation. It was actually the home to the U.S. Biological Weapons Program from 1943 to 1969. After 1969, the Bioweapons Program was discontinued and replaced by the U.S. Biological Defense Program, located at the same facilities at Fort Detrick. And, uh-oh, I've got some bad news. The Army Bioweapons, I, I mean Biodefense Lab, was shut down by the Centers for Disease Control in July of 2019 for failures to meet biosafety standards. The CDC found two breaches of protocol and the facility did not have a complete, accurate inventory of its select agents. Select agents, you know, the deadly pathogens. Okay, let's take a break from the scary government programs and viral espionage for a moment. The COVID-19 virus has captured control of our nation. The response by our political leaders and scientists is unprecedented. However, a viral outbreak is not unprecedented. In fact, just 10 years ago, the United States went through another viral outbreak from the H1N1 flu. In one year, from April 2009 to April 2010, the CDC estimates there were 60 million cases, 274,000 hospitalizations, and 
12,469 deaths in the United States from H1N1. As of this date, March 29th, the CDC reports 122,000 cases of COVID-19 and 2,112 deaths. Those numbers are over the course of two and a half months. Here in Washington State, my home state, which is thought to be the original epicenter of U.S. infections, there have been 4,310 cases with 189 deaths. Interesting fact, 93% of those that have been tested were negative for the COVID-19 virus. I hope those facts give some perspective. Now, let's get back to big government bio programs, espionage, and greed. Have you ever heard of China's Thousand Talents Plan? It was launched in 2008. Basically, the plan is a recruitment strategy to pay and incentivize researchers working with U.S. taxpayer funds to deliver knowledge and information to the Chinese government. Now, let me introduce you to Dr. Charles Lieber. He was the chair of Harvard University's Chemistry and Chemical Biology Department. He also served as the principal investigator of the Lieber Research Group at Harvard University. That research group specializes in the area of nanoscience, and it, or he, has received $15 million in grant funding from the National Institute of Health and the Department of Defense. The lucrative research grants Dr. Lieber received require disclosure of significant foreign financial conflicts of interest, including financial support from foreign governments or foreign entities. Beginning in 2011, Dr. Lieber became a strategic scientist at a major university in China. Oh, where, you ask? Yup, he was cooperating with the Wuhan University of Technology in Wuhan, China. And yes, the government alleges he was contracted through the Thousand Talents program to the tune of $50,000 per month, 1 million yuan in living expenses, and $1,500,000 to establish a research lab at Wuhan University of Technology. But wait, there's more. On the same day, the U.S. government indicted a Chinese national as an agent of a foreign government and conspiracy. And a few days before that, the Department of Justice indicted another Chinese national on one count of smuggling goods from the United States. The Chinese national charged with conspiracy is Yang Qing Yi. The U.S. government alleges that Yi is a lieutenant in the People's Liberation Army. 
that is the armed forces of the People's Republic of China. The government claims Yi was a spy, researching U.S. military websites and sending documents and reports to China. Zhao Shang Zheng was in the United States on a J-1 visa, conducting cancer cell research at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts. The Department of Justice alleges that on December 9, 2019, Zheng stole 21 vials of biological research and attempted to smuggle them out of the United States aboard a flight to China. Federal officers discovered the vials hidden in a sock inside one of Zheng's bags. He stated that he intended to use the biological material in his own lab to publish results under his own name. These three cases are only connected through time of indictments and intent of charges. Okay, before we get lost in geeky research spies and crooked profs, let's find a place where all the super spies and soldiers of the world come together at one event. No, no, World War III has not occurred yet. Have you ever heard of the Military World Games? Nope, me either until recently. The Military World Games is an exciting event just like the Olympics, where military athletes from over 100 countries compete in 27 sports. Here is an interesting story about the recent Military World Games. It centers around a sport called orienteering. Orienteering is actually a group of sports combined. Competitors need to use navigational skills using a map and compass to navigate from point to point on diverse and unfamiliar terrain. It sounds like a super cool military scavenger hunt competition. Well, China cleaned up in orienteering with the women taking the gold and silver and the men securing the silver. But all these teams were disqualified. Apparently, they had been given access to secretly marked paths and received external assistance, thus gaining major unfair advantage over other competitors. After the competitors were stripped, the biggest question became how the Chinese men only finished with a silver. The World Military Games sounds like a hippie's wet dream to replace war. But wait, did you ask where 10,000 athletes and thousands of volunteers gathered for the 2019 Military Olympics in October of 2019? Did you ask where? The games were held in Wuhan, China, of course. Okay, last segment. And perhaps I saved the best or most relevant for last. Have you ever heard of the debate on gain of function? What is gain of function? 
Essentially, gain of function is the enhancement of a protein. The debate is whether or not scientists should tinker and alter viruses to prove the ability of those viruses to infect human airways. In other words, scientists may think a coronavirus could jump from a bat to a human, so they reverse engineer it, test it, and thus create the super coronavirus. Here is the beginning to a study performed by Ralph Berry at the University of North Carolina and published in Nature magazine in 2015. The emergence of severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus, SARS, and Middle East respiratory syndrome, MERS, underscores the threat of cross-species transmission events leading to outbreaks in humans. Here we examine the disease potential of a SARS-like virus, HSC-014 COVID, which is currently circulating in Chinese horseshoe bat populations. Using the SARS-COVID reverse genetics system, we generated and characterized a chimeric virus expressing the spike of bat coronavirus, SHC-014, in a mouse-adapted SARS-CoV-2 backbone. The results indicate the Group 2B viruses encoding the SHC-014 spike in a wild-type backbone can efficiently use multiple orthologs of the SARS receptor human angiotensin-converting enzyme replicates efficiently in primary human airway cells and achieves in vitro teeters equivalent to epidemic strains of SARS-CoV-2. If I were to editorialize at this point, I might say, that's some batshit crazy stuff right there. Research into gain of function is a touchy subject. In October of 2013, the federal government stopped all funding of gain-of-function studies. The concern was for the potential lapses in security surrounding these types of scientific studies, specifically safety breaches at federal lab laboratories involving handling of anthrax and avian flu. At this point, you should remember back to the previous stories about level four biological facilities we discussed in this podcast. Richard Ebright, a molecular biologist at Rutgers University said in the Nature article, the only impact of this work is the creation in a lab of a new non-natural risk. The federal ban was lifted in 2017 this quote is from a Reuters article from December 2017. The U.S. government on Tuesday lifted a temporary ban on funding research involving the flu and other pathogens in which scientists 
deliberately make them more transmissible or more deadly. From the same Reuters article, Dr. Sam Stanley of Stony Brook University and chairman of the National Science Advisory Board for Biosecurity noted the world's deadliest pathogens are evolving naturally. He said research is needed to understand and prevent devastating pandemics, such as the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic that killed 50 million people. Again, that was in late 2017. Now, in early 2020, we are left to ask, well, how did they do? Let's be friends. We're all on this cosmic spaceship together. Subscribe and share the Conservative Hippie Podcast. Visit our sponsors, SmokeAndJays.com. Everything for your smoke and lifestyle. StonerHoroscopes.com. Adora Zen dishes cosmic vibes for the stoner at heart. KickFromTheSpot.com. Soccer is American.